This is Dives and Chewy X, the podcast, episode 186 for the week of August 9th, 2009. Hey there, welcome to Dives and Chewy X, the podcast, an extension of the all encompassing Dragon Ball fanser. Dies and Chewy X. <laughs> nice delivery. Dies and Chewy X. It's like, damn straight, y'all. That's right, y'all. Y'all. Where did you learn to talk like that? <laughs> that <is right. laughs> we cover anything yeah, and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. Hey, Mary. Hi. Yo, it's you and I here. Yeah, Team of Two here to bring on the Dragon Ball funk. And fantasticness. The funk. Oh, man. We're in a funk. That sucks. Oh, no. Well, it is kind of a funk if it's just two of us. Yeah, that sucks. But uh, you know how it goes. Julian's busy for about two weeks. Uh, we ended up going the whole weekend, and we didn't really forget to record. We actually sat down to record, I think, Saturday morning, but yeah, you and were then, and then really you, sniffling. You deemed me to, ah, Mary, stop with the, and the, uh, and the boogers. <laughs> yes. So I said, not recording now. Then we ended up going the whole rest of the weekend without recording. Mm, so. Vacation. Now it's Monday evening, and I figured, hey, we should probably do this before it turns into the next week of a show. So let's do this. Let's do this. We got news. We got releases. I actually got a topic for you that is several months late. And bringing it back in style, we have a song of the week for everyone. I am very excited about this. We've had a few submissions making my way through them. If you haven't checked out what's going on, for a few weeks, actually it turned into a couple months, we were getting remixes, new arrangements from people of Dragon Ball music. So we are here yet again with a new track. Very excited. This one comes to us from Dynamics Prince, who's actually on our forum on X as MC Dave G. I can't remember where he's from. I think he's from somewhere in Western Europe. I oh, I feel bad for not remembering where he's from. He's not American, though. He has done uh, a complete remix rearranging album of the first Game Boy game, Goku Hishouden. And what we're going to play for you here is the first track there. It's actually the title theme to the game. So please enjoy this, and then we'll come right back to you.
Mary, I was playing it for you a little bit before we started recording. Any initial thoughts after hearing it? Yeah, this was pretty snappy. I liked it a lot. I'm not familiar with the Game Boy game at all, but I mm-hmm. thought it was a very enjoyable remix, despite having no previous knowledge. Yeah, I like it. It's a nice, upbeat, kind of skippy tune. I don't know how to describe it. Skippy. <laughs> I enjoy it, though. So uh, in addition to hearing it right here on the show, you can download the song over on the music section of Daizen X. And I think I will give you a link to the thread. He put up the entire album of his for download. So that is very cool. Mary, before we hit up the news for the week, I have a follow-up from uh, last episode. Oh, great. We were talking about Viz Big, uh, the last one for the original Dragon Ball series, which is weird because, you know, the whole manga is just Dragon Ball Japan 1 through 42. But Viz is doing their Viz Big. And we were wondering, hey, this is uh, volume 5 of Dragon Ball, 13 through what? 15 or 16 because they're usually 3 and 1. Well, we had a bunch of people write us in and let us know it is 13 through 16. It is a four in one, so that Good. does complete the uh, Dragon Ball portion, one through 16 of the story. And there's really no other way they could have done it either, no, so I'm glad they did not. it. So uh, you can rest assured you will not be missing a volume of the manga if you're picking up the Viz Big. So uh, with that out of the way, Mary, we got some news. Let's hit it up. All right. We have random Dragon Box follow-ups every week, it seems, since uh, the big Otakon announcement. It's a good thing. It is a good thing. Right now, you can go over to Amazon. They've got the pre-order up already. You know, the MSRP is about 80 bucks. Pre-order is $55.99. That is hella sweet. Excellent. Now, if you do out the math for, uh, we know there's going to be seven boxes for the TV series. If you go with these Amazon pre-order prices, assuming they stay the same for each release, they'll get the entire series for about 400 bucks. Oh, man. That is not a bad deal. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Damn, you're very excited over that. <laughs> In a strange way. We're not done yet, though. There are new listings on Amazon for other things. There are now releases for DBZ Movie 1 and DBZ Movie 2. Now, what's strange about these listings is that the release date is the exact same day as that first Dragon Box set, November 10th, and the prices are $9.98. Wow. Cheapo. Now, here's where it gets really strange, because we know the Bardock and Trunks TV specials are getting individual disc releases, which appear to be kind of breakouts of that Steelcase double feature that was out a while ago. I think those single discs are coming out on September 15th, the same day as Dragon Ball Season 1. It's the same thing where it's about 10 bucks for uh, retail price. I think Amazon's got it for 8 and change, so that's not bad. So we know they're doing that, and now there's these two listings for Movies 1 and 2 as individual disc releases. Coming off of those Bardock and Trunks listings, same price, but a release date of the Dragon Box Day. And we know Funimation has Dragon Box Masters for the 13Z movies, because that was in their original press release. So Mary... Mm-hmm. Knowing all this information, would you like to make an educated or uneducated guess about what will these movies one and two be? Will they be the old remastered from the double features or the new Dragon Box Masters? My uneducated guess is that we shouldn't read too much into it. I think it's just, let's put out Dragon Ball stuff all on the same day. I just think it's re-releases of old stuff. I'm inclined to think the same thing. I, I, I don't know. Dragon Box Masters... I want to think they'll do the That's right gonna thing. That's going to warrant an announcement, so. I think so, too. But, hey, you know, this Dragon Ball stuff always leaked out online before they did an official announcement. So I, I don't know. I want to think they'll do the right thing, and for Dragon Box Masters of the Movies, do maybe 
two sets of break it down the head. I don't know. So that's Dragon Box stuff from Funimation. Let's go around the world, if you will. Let's go over to Germany first. So Anime Virtual is putting out DBZ on DVD in Germany. That would normally be very exciting, but it's going to be the old, edited, dub-only broadcast from RTL2. Our buddy Timo is very, very upset over this. The German dub? Yeah, the German dub. This blows. Apparently, the distributors have said it would cost 50 euros more, in addition to the regular price, per volume if they were to do unedited or bilingual releases. That is insane. 50 euros? Damn. I'm talking like 80 to $100 more. They must have a sucky anime market. Yeah, that, that's terrible over there. Timo, you're living in the Stone Age. I know you said something along those same lines yourself. That just blows, man. Let's take it over to France. They get a lot better of a situation going on over there. They've had a bunch of great sets coming out. Uh, the Z sets, Quasi Dragon Box Remastered. Now they're getting the original Dragon Ball in the same release pattern. Uncut, bilingual. And it's the thing where uh, where it was edited in the French dub. On the French dub track, what it'll do is switch over to the Japanese voice cast with subtitles, similar to how it was on the Z sets. And in addition to that, there will be the actual Japanese track as well. So this is going to be coming out in two giant boxes. Right now they're saying it'll start sometime between October and December of this year. The first set's going to have episodes 1 through 68 on 12 discs, and the second set will have 69 through 153 on 14 discs. So go France, getting the cool shit over there. Last time on the show, we were talking about Navarre and Funimation and their uh, Q1 fiscal 2010 figures. Now we got Namco Bandai popping in with their figures. A 2.8 billion yen loss in quarter one. That's about $28.67 million posting the big loss over there. But let's talk about Dragon Ball specifically. The franchise for them overall dropped in net sales from 4.3 billion yen in uh, 2009 first quarter to 2.3 billion yen this quarter. So around half the sales on that. Now the company is forecasting a full year net sales increase though, which is kind of interesting. They've dropped in half in the first quarter, but for the rest of the year, they're thinking an increase. Anyway, they're thinking uh, 15.8 billion yen last year is going to go up to 17 billion yen this year. Now, uh, in terms of other Dragon Ball specific things in uh, their press release and their report, the DS game uh, Dragon Ball Kai, Saiyajin Raishu, interestingly enough, in the report it was listed as Attack of the Saiyans. Very strange that they wrote that out in uh, the international title. Was their third best selling of the quarter, though with only 190,000 copies sold. Now, that is the Japanese only release so far. It's going to be coming out later this year in Europe and North America. Now, bring it back to the forecast of 17 billion yen this year. In addition to the international release of the Kai game, which is going to be DBZ elsewhere in the world. We also have Raging Blast that's coming out worldwide later in the year. And then uh, the new Wii game just came out in Japan, and then that's getting a global mm-hmm. release later this year. So I think they're banking on Dragon Ball having these three big games to yeah, later on. bump up those profits. Mm-hmm. Alright, so that's it for financial stuff. Let's pull it over to Dragon Ball Kai. We've had uh, a bit of news recently with uh, voice replacements. This is particularly strange with the non-dead voice actors. Let's run through these. First up, Kui. You'll remember him as the purple, kind of circular, not horns. What would you call those on his head? Ears on the front of his head. (laughs) Ears on the front of his head. One of Vegeta's rivals early on the Namek arc. Uh, He was originally played by Koji Totani, who died in 2006, unfortunately. So that does warrant a new voice. For him, we will be getting Eiji Takemoto, who, uh, Mary, you and I are probably best know as Rock Howard from SNK games, like Mark of the Wolves and... Mm -hmm. 
uh, CBS2 and stuff. He also did Namu in Sparking Meteor. So he's got some kind of familiarity with Dragon Ball in some capacity because Namu's uh, voice actor had also passed away. So that's the one. Here are the weird ones, though. Zarbon, who was originally played by Sho Hayami, who also did Sauza in uh, DBZ Movie 5, is being replaced by Hiroaki Miura, who's done some stuff in Onigai Teacher, Bobobo, and One Piece. Though it seemed like mostly just kind of minor roles here and there in a whole bunch of shows. And then Dodoria, who was originally played by Yukitoshi Hori, who also did uh, Sancho in DBZ Movie 1, Metamacha in DBZ Movie 4, and then also in the TV series he did uh, Number 19. He's being replaced by Takashi Nagasako, who again, Mary, bringing over to video games you and I will most know as Cervantes from the Soul Calibur series. Cool. Yeah, so lots of video game voice actors coming in. Zarbon and Dodoria, what is going on? These are people that have basically come back every year to at least do some one-off video game lines. Yeah, maybe they had like no interest or scheduling conflicts. That's true. It could be a scheduling conflict thing. We don't know. And these are characters that aren't around for an extended period of time. So if they can't get them right now, might as well just replace them and move on. Mm-hmm. Really sucks though, because... I, I love Zarbon Dodoria's voices. Yeah, Zarbon's awesome. Zarbon was really good. Got some more voices, though. We do. Late-breaking news. Late-breaking stuff. Uh, so maybe it's kind of good that we delayed the uh, recording here. So Dende and, of course, one of our favorite characters on this show, Cargo, who exists for all of, what, like a chapter, is uh, unfortunately getting their voices replaced. They were both played by Tomiko Suzuki, who unfortunately passed away back in 03. These two characters, I mean, Cargo says, I think, a lot. Dende is the one who sticks around for a while. Mary, Aya Hirano. Oh, man. Big name Seiyu. That is a big name. Very, very strange choice. I'm very (laughs) curious to see how she plays Dende. Yeah, because we're so used to her kind of being over the top and crazy. Mm -hmm. And Dende is not any of those things. Sometimes he makes faces... Later on. He gets excited occasionally. That's true. So if you don't know who Aya Hirano is, let me give you the Dragon Ball references first. She was the voice of Bulma in the Japanese dub of Evolution, so she's got something going there. And then I think a lot of you will remember this, the uh, ending of episode five from Lucky Star. Who does she play in it? Was that She Konata? plays the main character. Yeah, Konata. Okay. She uh, belted out Hedgehala karaoke style at the end of the episode. We loved that. As much as I don't care about that show at all, that performance, amazing. It's still amazing. She's also done a lot of other big characters. I think yeah. she was Haruhi. Yeah. And she was uh, Misa in Death Note. Mm-hmm. She's one of the... I hesitate to say... High profile, recent-ish. Exactly. Same. I was going to say, I hesitate to use the word prolific, because that implies... I don't know. When I Being say, around the block. Right, right. She's one of the, the newbies, but she's done a ton of shit recently. So it'd be interesting to have her over on the cast there. Only last for the news is uh, the Power of Dreamer CD single has cover art. And it's really just a cropped version of the uh, cover to the video game, Tenkaichi Dai and the new Wii game. Mary, thoughts? It's colorful. It, it's cute. And in the same color palette we've been seeing on CD releases lately. Yeah, definitely. I like it a lot. I think nothing too out of the ordinary, except for Bulma having a weird face. (laughs) Exactly. We'll uh, talk about that in the releases section because it's coming out later this month. That is the news. So why don't we do a topic? So I've got a video game review for you that is four months late. All right. Yeah, I'm rocking the relevancy here right now. Yeah, you might you might really sway people's uh, purchasing decisions. <laughs> I think. Well, I don't know. The price point is important. We're gonna get to that. So we are finally talking about the Laser Kid Memorial Dragon Ball Evolution PSP game right here. Very very exciting. <laughs> Poor Laser Kid. <laughs> 
not only for this review being so late, but also because it's the uh, evolution game that he got his donation named after. You may be surprised at some of the things I'm going to say. Oh, okay. You just okay. wait. I will wait. All right. So Because this- I haven't played the game, just so y'all know. That's true. So Mary's just here for witty banter in the background for this topic. Yeah, yeah, banter. <laughs> All right, so this came out for the PSP. Right now, it is UMD only. Uh, it may or may not show up as the PSP Go uh, turns into something. Maybe you'll see it for download. Uh, it came out here in the U.S. as thirty nine ninety nine MSRP. Though right now, as of this recording, the resale price is nineteen ninety nine. I think GameStop has it used for two bucks less than that. It actually came out in Japan first on March nineteenth, and then we get it over here in the U.S. on April. 8th. So Dragon Ball Evolution on the PSP is basically a modified version from uh, the Shin Budokai engine. You had the two games on PSP, Shin Budokai and then Another Road. So it's like reskinned it, with like movie characters. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Think of it as a reskinned Shin Budokai without flying. Oh, fun. <laughs> I love my not flying. I am sold. <laughs> well... Just wait. Okay, I'll wait. I know. I know it's too soon to start making um snarky comments. You know what? I may confirm exactly what you think, and maybe it I'm just be. leading you on. You don't know well, yet. Well, I have a certain memory in mind that might persuade me to think otherwise about this game. Okay, all right. So this was developed by Dims, who, again, did the, uh, all the Budokai games, including Shin Budokai, and it was developed for Namco Bandai. That's who uh, released it over here in the U.S. as well. No Atari involved in this whatsoever. This was totally Dimps and Namco Bandai. So it's a fighting game. It's a 2D fighting game. A little bit of a 2.5D because you can sidestep, but you can't fly all around. You can't even fly up and down, left and right, anything like that. Let me tell you what you got for modes here. You've got story mode, an arcade mode, a network battle mode, training, mission, gallery, options, and then the extra mode is survival. Story mode is basically you just play through the story of the movie itself. Then if you go over to arcade mode and pick a different character other than Goku, uh, you will play maybe an original story based on that character. Some of the more interesting ones are the Fulum. You remember those kind of demon spawn things. That one's interesting because one of them becomes self-aware, like rebels against Piccolo. So there's some interesting stuff going on in there. Network battle. As with most PSP games, you can't play online with just anyone. It's going to be the local stuff, which kind of blows... The training and the mission modes, I'll be honest, I I popped into training. Training is just, you know, you play against a computer dummy. Mission, really not going to help you out. If you've ever played any Budokai game before, you know it. Mary, this is stuff you make fun of where it's square, 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 circle. Yeah, that's not fighting to me. (laughs) Well, that's how this game plays, so I can already tell how you would feel about the game. Gallery is interesting because you have uh, set designs and some promo picks and that kind of stuff that you can unlock. Very interesting, especially one of them. I'm not going to highlight too much of them, but there is a concept art of what may have... I don't remember if it was for Piccolo or one of the Fulum. It essentially looks like Ishinron from the very end of GT, which is incredibly strange. That's a neat little thing to throw in. Maybe they were actually considering doing that. Maybe it's a little nod. They got options mode. It's not a whole lot of options. Then survival, which is exactly what you think, or you just go as far as you can. All right, let's talk about graphic sound and gameplay and all that good stuff. In terms of how it looks, I don't know. I go back and forth on whether it looks terrible or halfway acceptable. It's by no means good. So it's on the lower end of the spectrum, but not it is. totally god-awful? 
Exactly, because it does move fast. I mean, it's basically Shin Budoka. So as long as you just reskin that, it's going to move okay. Things will look okay. People look a little ridiculous, and a lot of that can just be that it's based off of the live action movie, which. It's like Street Fighter, the movie, the game. Exactly. (laughs) Probably the worst offender is the Ozaru, who, you know, in the movie was basically a a one foot taller Justin Chatwin. In a monkey suit. In a monkey. Well, not even a monkey suit. They like CG'd that stuff afterwards. He looks. Equally ridiculous as, you know, a six foot tall monkey in an orange gi here in the game. I don't know. It, it looks like a typical PSP game. It's a little shimmery and the models are okay. The backgrounds, I don't know. I, I don't pay a lot of attention to them, but they're very, very barren. If you are looking at them, you're going to notice how terrible they look. Minimal sound and repetitive voice acting is all I have to say about that. The music is totally forgettable. You won't remember any of it. The voice acting all sounds like it's done by the same person. You'll hear the same inappropriate lines so over and over. So actors in this thing? I don't think so. It doesn't sound like Justin Chatwin. It doesn't sound like James Marsters. I'm pretty sure two guys are just doing everyone's voices. I Even the chicks? <laughs> no, maybe there's a chick. <laughs> I didn't see any credits listed in the instruction book or the game itself in the ending credits. For no any of the actors. Well, that could be true. For any of the actual actors from the movie. So I'm thinking other than their likeness, there's nothing from them. Speaking of likenesses, I got to tell you all about the story mode and the arcade mode with the representations of the characters. Mary, have you ever held up two socks on your hand, kind of made them talk to each other and like you hit them back and forth? <laughs> Um, I don't know what you do with your <laughs> evenings, but um, well, picture let's th- say yes for the sake of argument. Picture that. Terribly cel-shaded, and that's the presentation of the story mode in the arcade mode. Socks? They're socks? <laughs> they are photos of the characters, kind of rotoscoped, cel-shaded over on top, which ranges from kind of cool looking to kind of creepy looking for some of the characters. And there's no animation. They just kind of, if someone hits the other, they kind of ram one cutout into the other cutout and the screen flashes red. Wow. It looks absolutely budget and ridiculous. And that's really it for the arcade and story mode. That's how it's portrayed, and you just kind of have to get used to it. Uh, something that's kind of interesting is a camera setting in the game. Now, it ranges from default, which would be zero, all the way up to 15. Now, if you go with zero, or about one-ish, it's going to look exactly like you'd expect, where it's the side view. If you move that up to all the way to 15, it kind of turns into an over-the-shoulder view, sort of like sparking. So you can customize it the way you want it to look a little bit. I don't know if that was in the Shin Budokai games. I've actually only got the first one. I haven't played another road at all. I don't know if that was in there, but I thought that it was kind of a neat touch. It doesn't add or subtract anything really to the gameplay, but it's a neat little thing to throw in. All right, so let's talk about the characters. That's really the meat and potatoes of any kind of fighting game, who the characters are and how they play. You can unlock all but a single hidden character in a single playthrough of story mode. That's going to run you about an hour's time of play. That's going to give you Goku, Bulma, Master Roshi, Yamcha, Gohan. I think those are the default characters. Then uh, you unlock Chi-Chi, Fulum, Ozaru, Mai, and Piccolo. Now, the bonus character. Mary, are you ready for this? Spoiler alert. Oh my god. I think think of all the characters that you saw in the movie. That's that's basically everyone that was in the movie. So who would you add in for an extra hidden character? I mean you've already got those fool lum things. High school kid. Generic high school kid B. (laughs) That black guy that like ran over Goku's scooter. Yeah. No, no, no. The hidden character is Neo Piccolo. Okay, who's that? Uh Piccolo. Is he like a different color Piccolo? He wears a cape. Oh. 
Okay. Is it a really powerful cape? <laughs> uh, no, he says he's much more powerful. It seems to be the Piccolo after the movie. He's come back and he's more powerful. And everyone's like, oh my God, how'd Piccolo come back? Blah, 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 blah. That's about it. You know, I played as him and he's basically the exact same character as Piccolo. I didn't do any real in-depth comparisons, but like his super moves are exactly the same. He seems to play and control the same. So really he's Piccolo and a cape. How exciting is that? If the cape's on fire, then it's very exciting. Otherwise, <laughs> no, it's just a cape. Not on fire. Here's the problem, though. To unlock Neo Piccolo, you have to get an A rank on all 12 story fights. And think of my first playthrough, which took me an hour. I got an A on all but two of them. So if I wanted to do this, I would have to play through story mode again in its entirety. That would be an hour's playthrough and make sure I got an A rank in all of those. Then you unlock a new story arc. By beating that, then you unlock Neo Piccolo. So it's kind of quite a bit of additional playthrough just to get this one extra not-so-special hidden character. In terms of the other characters and special things, well, they have extra outfits, which are really just the palette swaps. I think the only real interesting one is Goku, who uh, his extra one is that hoodie that he was wearing with the orange and blue trim. I mean, it's not a nod to the original or anything, but it's a nod to his, his other outfit in the movie, so that's kind of cool. The others are really just palette swaps. Roshi's is a blue version of his outfit. Yamcha's is an orange version, etc. Nothing really special there. So really, with all that, I mean, it plays like Shin Budokai. It's a little bit simplified. You use up and... I think it's circle or energy, whatever it is, to do your super move, and then down, and then forward and circle your other super moves that take a different amount of your key meter off. It's punch, 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 punch energy. That's how it plays. You can sidestep, you can dodge. Really nothing else to say about it in there. You've got your aura bursts, and you can charge your key. You've played a Budokai game. You've been going on for like since 2001, I think it is. So the only other thing I can talk about is just random extra neat stuff, because we've talked about Budokai games before. Told you a little bit about those uh, arcade story modes. The Fu Lum one is kind of interesting because one becomes self-aware and rebels against Piccolo. It's kind of interesting. The Neo Piccolo one is essentially kind of a Piccolo Jr. arc where he's back and looking for revenge and he takes over the world. Isn't that cool? And then if you play as the Ozaro, he basically just fights his way through and kills everyone and then you fight against Goku at the end and you defeat yourself and just say roar the entire time. He says nothing other than roar. Really? In text? In text. Now I think it becomes self-aware at some point and someone mentioned some interesting thing about how that's all they're saying but other than those couple nods here and there it's terrible writing i don't know who got stuck doing this but it was pretty bad there are some things in here that are unfortunate carryovers from the junior novel and possibly the early script things like bulma enchanto and chichi mcroberts and they actually use the word kakarot in here which i don't believe was in the final movie Kekarot? Kekarot. Oh, okay. They say Kekarot. Not Kekarot. Kekarot. Yes. I don't know what else there is to say about it. I probably put in about five hours into the game. That's a playthrough of the story mode, a couple different playthroughs of the arcade mode with different characters, playing around in the missions, looking at the gallery and that kind of stuff. There's nothing else to do. Now, I didn't unlock that Neo Piccolo on my own. I went over to GameFAQs and downloaded a save for it that had everything unlocked. And listed on it was, uh, it took 16 hours of playtime. I can't imagine putting in triple the time of what I played just to unlock Neo Piccolo and all the gallery stills and all that kind of stuff. I think what you should do is exactly the same thing I did, where play through it yourself a couple times, get a taste for it, download that save file, just alter the name on it to your own name and go from there if you want to play any further in it. So, Dragon Ball Evolution for the PSP. Should you get it? 
$40? Absolutely freaking not. $20? You're or getting, used. Or used for $17.99, I think it is. You're getting pretty close. If you really enjoy the Shin Budokai games, you like having Dragon Ball on the go, it's not that bad. I've seen a lot of really, really terrible reviews saying it's slow and clunky and blah, 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 blah. It's not. It, it moves at a very quick pace. It plays just like the Budokai games that you're used to. A lot less characters. They all are essentially the same. I mean, you're going to do the same things over and over. Punch, 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 energy, backstep, charge a key, do a super move. I mean, that's how Dragon Ball games have always been. Sure, there's a little more death to them here and there. But that's really it. $20 new, $17.99 used. You're getting pretty close. I don't think it's going to dip any lower than that until you get a couple years from now where used. It's probably going to be about 5 bucks. If you got some cash to spare and maybe you don't have a newer system, maybe you don't have a PS3 and stuff, you're just itching for a new Dragon Ball game, I wouldn't recommend it per se. But if, if you, you have disposable income lying around. If you have disposable income or it happens to fall in your lap, it's worth a playthrough or two. And that's really all I what can about say about it. for comedic value? Or I is don't there know. None? Maybe a little bit. I said the writing is terrible. There are some, like I said, self-aware things here and there that make it, oh, okay. They know they're writing a really shitty adaptation of a really shitty adaptation. And that's kind of cute. But beyond that, let it fall in your lap. Give it a couple playthroughs. Don't pay 40 bucks for it. You're not going to anymore. That's really all I can say about it. It's a game. It's out it's there. It's a game. It's a video game. Yes. Dragon Ball Evolution for the PSP is a video game. It was developed by Dimps. It is 19.99 new. <laughs> You'll probably still see it in the stores. Maybe get it if you want. That's it. All right, with a topic done, let us go over the releases for August. It is a crammed, packed month. August 4th, there were a couple things that came out that we missed. We told you about the TV version anime comics Dragon Ball Z Majin Buu Fukatsuhen Rebirth Volume, if you want to call it that. Number two is from Shueisha over in Japan. This is the redundantly redundant Animanga, 730 yen. But Mary, we forgot something on that day from Viz over here in the U.S. What's up? Oh my, we missed something here. It's the uh, Viz Kids Chapter Books Volumes 1 and 2, 80 pages each. Uh, volume 1 and 2 are both only $4.99 on Amazon. Did anyone get these? Because, um, not really hearing much. So our buddy Tanuki Kuribo actually uh, took a picture of one from a store here, and it's basically what we thought. A uh, large page of an illustration from the manga, and then dialogue written out in narration form. Would in this, very big font. Would this not be harder to read than a comic book? <laughs> I think so. I fail to see the logic, but I guess there's money to be made when Dragon Ball's involved. <laughs> That's right. So, speaking of Viz, later this month, we told you about this earlier on, August 18th, Viz Big Dragon Ball number 5. This will indeed cover Tonkobo in 13 through 16. It is a 4-in-1. It is $17.99 MSRP, but Amazon's got the pre-order for $12.23. Mary, August 19th in the Japan land. All right, that's a Wednesday. Uh, it's Dragon Ball Kai Original Soundtrack Volume 1. There are both regular and limited edition versions, uh, 3, 5, 7, 4, 4 for the regular, and 3, 5, 7, 4, 3 for the limited edition. Those are the catalog numbers. Uh, 35 tracks each. Uh, there's a TV size opening and ending and 33 background music tracks. The limited edition version is getting three tracks, actually. These come out for 29.40 yen and 31 to 50 yen, respectively. You can save a couple bucks over on CD Japan if you order from there and other places. And there you go. And then the last thing of the month, another CD single on August 26th. 
Mentioned it earlier on, Power of Dreamer. This is the theme song to Tenka Ichi Daiboken, the new Wii game, as performed by Hiroki Takahashi. It is 1,200 yen. There is only a single version of it. The catalog number, if you're interested, is LACM46 47, coming from Bandai. So, with the releases done, let's do some emails. Mary, could you please read the first one here from Andy? Sure. Andy Bogard, by the way. Andy Bogard. Yes. (laughs) Andy Bogard (laughs) writes, Hello, Mike, Mary, and whoever else may be there this week. You seem to be getting a lot of emails that start this way, which is exactly why I did it. And looky here. It's just us two. Whoever else is here. In episode 185 of your podcast, during the review of volume 29 of the manga, you talked about Goku's heart disease and wondered how it could conveniently come into effect during the fight with number 19. Well, I thought it was worth mentioning that in the character bios from the first sparking game, which are honestly some of the most detailed I've seen when it comes to Dragon Ball, it mentioned something in Goku's bio about Super Saiyan, quote, accelerating all of the body's functions, unquote, end quote. Yeah, that's what I meant. Including cell activity, which they cited as a reason for why Goku's heart disease came into place during his battle with number 19. The virus hadn't shown symptoms because it hadn't had enough time to reproduce itself enough to make difference in Goku's body. When Goku turned Super Saiyan, however, the virus was able to duplicate itself at a much faster rate. While the level of officialness with this statement is debatable, the fact that it's in an official Dragon Ball media and the fact that Vegeta brought up the fact that turning Super Saiyan only made Goku's condition worse seem to lend credence to the theory. I'm interested in what you think. Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, you mentioned that line from Vegeta in the original manga that basically says that exact same thing where it's, knew you were struggling and you went Super Saiyan anyway and look what it got you into here. And now I have to kick you over to the side for Piccolo to grab you and I'm going to take over the fight itself. Yeah, it was included in a video game, but the first sparking had some interesting stuff in there. I believe that was the one that also noted Tenjin Han's alien uh, descent which uh, also comes from the Daizenshu. So they pulled in some interesting really? stuff over there. Yeah. I've never heard that. No, you haven't? No, I have not. Well, there you go. Wow. Yep. Learn something new every week here, Mary. Knowledge is power. <laughs> so I don't have a whole lot to say other than uh, I mostly agree with that. Uh, like you said, Vegeta says the same kind of thing there, and there you go. The next email here comes to us from Jake. Jake says, as one of millions of hardcore Dragon Ball fans in PAL regions, I wonder, is there any news on a PAL release for the Dragon Box Z collection? sets. Well, I guess if there was any news, we would have said so by now. And we have. Now, here's the problem. PAL is a large region, which covers a lot of different countries and a lot of different languages. And a lot of different countries have their own licensors and their own release patterns exactly. and dealings and wheelings and stuff. Now, the problem is AB Group, I think, owns the distribution rights to most of Europe, but that's just distribution. There's a lot of production rights uh, with some other companies, and that's why Germany's getting the shit end of the stick with their crappy release of but then you take it over to France and they're getting some good releases as well. Uh, some releases we've always been talking about for the last few years because they got some really good stuff Spain? is uh, Spain, exactly. They got uh, basically Dragon Box Masters as well. They did their own touch-ups to it, so it's not quite perfect, but it's pretty close. They were doing those two-disc releases of the Z-Series, which is finishing up any month now, I think. And then they went back and did five-disc collections of, or maybe 10, I think it's five volume, 10 disc collections of all of those sets. So that's the problem. What do you mean by PAL? What country are you from? If you're from Spain or France, you probably get some good stuff. I know Italy's been getting some, uh, or will be getting some good stuff too. Germany, you are shit out of luck. So there you go. Mary, why don't you read the last email here from Michael? 
Okay. Hello, everyone at Dyson Chewy X, Mary Mike, and possibly Julian. My name is Michael, and I am from Tempe, Arizona. I just wanted to talk to you guys about the Dragon Box and the way people use the term hardcore fans. Now, when Funimation, as well as others, use the term hardcore fan with Dragon Ball, they usually refer to fans of just the original Japanese version. However, what about fans like me? I consider myself a hardcore Dragon Ball fan, and I am very excited about the upcoming Dragon Box, and I am a big fan of both the English dub and the original Japanese dub. What would your perspective be on that? Would it be appropriate to call myself a hardcore fan, being that I love both the English and Japanese versions of Dragon Ball? I'd love to hear a response from you guys. Can't wait for the Dragon Box. Well, my take is that if you're excited for the Dragon Box coming out, then you're pretty hardcore. And the fact that you like both languages makes you doubly hardcore, I think. Here's my take on it. I think we're playing a little bit too much a case of semantics. Mary, if you will... <laughs> semantics. Oh, listen. We like to play that game all the time. Listen, listen. When I think it was Adam Sheehan who was uh, doing the presentation there, that was a phrase he used. This is for the hardcore fans. I think people are taking that a little too literally to apply to just Japanese True. version fans. I mean, I guess it's very different having been in that room live when this thing was being presented and then seeing the same thing read described it in, text. in text. Right. Because in text, yeah, it does come off very, very different. Differently, but when you're there giving a presentation and blasting out this news for the first time and you want to make it very punchy and attention-grabbing, yeah, you're going to throw out phrases like that and not really think two ways about it. But yeah, having it there in print on the web is a different, different. kind of context surrounding it. Is different. it yeah. And very open to interpretation, misinterpretation, reading I, into it a little bit too much. Who knows? I think several of the, what is it, like 150 pages, whatever that thread ended up being on our forum from the announcement, several pages were dedicated exclusively to defining and debating what they meant by hardcore fans. I mean, people take this very personally because you have fans like Michael who are Funimation's loyalist diehard dub fans. Although, you know, they have an appreciation for the Japanese original as well, which we appreciate. They're feeling left out. And of course, to us, I think you said it. I think um, Heath said it as well. Some other God of Chaos said it. Sit down and shut the fuck up. It's time. It's our turn to enjoy something, which I still stand by. At the same time, it sucks to see people almost left out. But I think a lot of people are taking this hardcore comment a little too literally, a little too personally. It was a presentation. Maybe we're responsible for, you know, quoting that as well and maybe putting that out there too much. But it was said. It was a comment. That's what I think. I think don't take it so literally and just uh, look forward to it and whatever it is. You have a variety variety of products to choose from. The orange bricks aren't coming away anytime soon. Dragon boxes are coming out. You want Michael some says singles, he's looking forward it. to it, so there's really no debating Exactly. This. So, Michael, you don't have a question. You have something to look forward to. That's it. Mary, if people have questions, comments, concerns, hopes, dreams, aspirations, where's and it money. all going to? And money. <laughs> Send them to podcast at dizex.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at D-A-I-Z-E-X.com. Also, follow us on Twitter, too. You could find us there. If you're not there already, you should get on there. So you can follow DizeX, Vegito EX, Saya Jedi, which is Julian, and if you want me, Mary T.O.T. What are you doing there, Nathan? I haven't posted in days. All right. Sorry. <laughs> I'm constantly there. I use DizeX for site announcements now because we have a critical mass of people following that I can actually use it for uh, that intended purpose. And then all my personal random bullshit going out is over on Vegito EX. Last thing I do want to mention before we close out the episode, we haven't plugged it in a little bit, but we do have uh, a donation button on the website. If you are interested, we are still looking to cover the hosting bill for the rest of the year, as well as some other very exciting things coming out 
out later this year uh, on the site and lots of things involved. It's not just podcast related. It's website related as well. So uh, if you're interested, it's there. We appreciate it. And uh, I got to catch up on putting up the namings of items on the site. So yeah, don't fall back on that. No, no, no. It'll, I, it'll I have put you on the ass. detailed spreadsheet of where everything went and all that good stuff. Don't worry about it. Check out the page. I will have the updated names there. Uh, if you're interested, dicex.com. And that is the website that you were listening to right now. Remember, you're listening to a website. Oh, wow. Magical. Very exciting, huh? So, uh, yeah, this was Daizenshu EX 186, kind of a, as I called it in my outline, a random cool-down episode with a PSP game. There you go. We're going to be back next week on schedule, hopefully. We'll see. I don't know what's going on. I know Herms is going to be joining us. Maybe we'll do that next week to talk about battle powers, and then Julian may or may not be back in the next coming weeks. Jeff's going to join us to do the Bardock TV special. We got lots of topics planned, and uh, maybe we'll get to that Yamcha episode at some point. It's I doubt it. It's become a uh, running joke. I think so. I like, like the it. character. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> no, I love you. I'm and the episode is done. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> Mary. Yo. People want to uh, check out your old antics on the web. I guess they can still do That's that. That's right. Yes, it's now back up and running Temple of Trunks. The website about trunks can be found at www.templeotrunks.com. Nice. Yeah, right. boy. We'll see you next week. Yes, you shall. Coolio. So, for Mary, over here. Yeah, hi. Bye. <laughs> Julian off in Japan having a good time. My name is Mike from www.daizenshuex.com. We will see you next week. Daizenshuex podcast. Hey there, welcome to that. I did do. What to do indeed? <laughs> <laughs>